Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. Dancer. What is up, my dude? How are you? Doing good, man. I see uh, we're both wearing the black jerseys here. Yeah, for the first time, it's not the same jersey or team, so I rep Dortmund jersey every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while, yeah. Every once in a while. But today we got match week two preview in the Premier League, a UEFA Super Cup matchup, and our five Fab Five games, and the talking points to go with those, and why we think they're the most intriguing matchups of the weekend. So Sounds like fun. Let's get into it. Make sure you check out our Facebook, our Facebook group, our Instagram, our TikTok, our YouTube channel. Make sure you're liking this video, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, and make sure to check out our Redbubble because uh, the people say it's got some awesome merch. You should probably check it out. Give yeah. us those uh, stars on Spotify and yeah. Apple. Definitely. So, Targo. To the most fun part of the entire show. What, <laughs> what am I drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking Rogue Pineapple Party Punch. Hey, I've had that one. India Pale Ale brewed with pineapple and toasted coconut. I've had that one. Have you? Yeah, it's the uh, Trader Joe's special. Is it? <laughs> it's got a little <laughs> saying on it here, a little description that I don't feel like reading, but it just says, I bet you wish you're on a tropical escape, basically. Duh. The wife picked this one out. I'm not going to lie. I don't think this would be one I'd pick out on myself. Tastes like a fruity punch. Yeah. If it were a beer. Not a party punch. Not quite. I don't know about a party, but I'd call it a fruity. <laughs> but I will say it does pack a punch at 8.4%. Wow. That's a lot more than I would anticipate from a That's pineapple right. punch. Yeah. Yikes. It's a spicy punch. It's a spicy meets a ball. Uh, all right. So I got clean water for great beer from Lumberbeard Brewing. It's a hazy IPA brewed in collaboration with 76 Washington breweries and and beer industry businesses to support Washington Wilds Brew Shed Alliance to promote the essential connection between protecting our forests and rivers and the clean water they provide to create great beers. Beer with a cause. Beer with a cause. Also the only beer at Humble Abode I haven't had yet. Well, there you go. And it's a hazy IPA. I usually like those. So <sighs> what's too. the bird? I will say this one does not smell very good. And thank goodness it tastes better than it smells. It's got to hold your breath while you drink it, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to take another sip. <laughs> so what's it smell like if it smells so bad? It smells poopy. Like poopy. Poopy. Um, it's good. It, it's very fruity. I'll be honest with you. I did Put not expect guys that. guys on here today, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it doesn't have a typical IPA finish, and maybe it's just because it's so fruity, but it's good. 
Um, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Five point eight. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, you get through it, but wouldn't drink it again if you had a choice. I probably would not buy it again. Yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. All right, those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter News. There's a lot of it. And I feel like every time we do an episode, it's only a couple of days apart, and there's so many things to talk about. Holy crap. So first up, we're going to go with the biggest news out of all of this. Uh, Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you support, uh, Manchester (laughs) midfielder Kevin De Bruyne is going to miss up to or – Four months, pretty much. The next four months. Uh, because he needs surgery in his hamstring. So, yeah, we had discussed how he got injured in that opening game against Burnley last week. But now we know how long he'll be out, which is months. Yes. A few months. Yes. That, if, we'll that, get to that. stinks for if Man Manchester City. Manchester City play like they did in the Super Cup. You know what? I think some teams have some hope. For the next four months. Uh, Chelsea are close to sealing the permanent transfer of yet another player. How they're able to get away with it, I don't know. I do know. Uh, but this time it's for your boy, Crystal Palace's Michael Elise. Hope he doesn't go. He had had he has had his release clause activated, which was apparently 35 million pounds. Steel. He's currently, side, currently sidelined with a hamstring injury, but we'll have his medical this weekend. That's a steal at $35 million. Mm-hmm. So I looked into it because I was like, how can Chelsea afford to pretty much spend $400 million in one transfer window? Long story right. short, long contract, short, not in Europe. Because <laughs> they're not in Europe, and the new UEFA laws only apply to teams in Europe. So they sign all their players to eight-year contracts again and spread it all out. So it's really like they've only set, so, uh, signed $100 million, or million pounds worth of players. And they've sold almost 200. So, yeah, they'll buy a player, say, for, you know, Moises Caicedo, 100 million. And it's over a five year contract. It's actually only 20 million this year. Mm-hmm. But then when they sell a player, oh, they sold the player for 25 million. Hey, they're actually. It all counts this season. Positive 5 million. We'll get into that later. But, yeah. Uh, great signing for Chelsea, I will say. Um, they had this problem before where they had all these players and nowhere to play them, and they're starting to have the same problem. Yeah, another winger. Yep. Uh, Zhao Cancelo looks set to join Barcelona on loan for the season, according to David Ornstein. This isn't a done deal, and it looks like Arsenal might try to pip them for it with the injury to Urian Timber. That would be an interesting one. Not a done deal yet. I don't think Manchester City will sell anybody to Arsenal anymore, but <laughs> well, a little too close to him now. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on that. Um, speaking of Barcelona, Bernardo Silva is looking like he's going to sign a new contract with Manchester City, despite the interests of Barcelona and PSG. Dang it! Probably where he should stay, if I'm being honest. I agree. I mean, if he goes to Barcelona, it's fifty-fifty chance they're not even be able to register. So. PSG, that's a mess. No one wants to go there. But at least Mbappe is staying. (laughs) At least for, unless you're (laughs) Goncalo Ramos and Usman Dembele. Yeah. Which is the craziest thing. Usman Dembele officially was sold for $25 million. 
Neymar yeah, was agent got half of it. Pretty much. And then the fact is they spent half of Neymar's transfer fee that they got from PSG to spend it on Usman Dembele and then sold him for $25 million. It's like literally the worst well, piece of Well, they sold him for 50 but they got 25 For them, it's the worst piece of yeah. transfer business in the history ever. Uh, after losing out on both Romeo Lavia and Moises Caicedo, the Daily Mail say Liverpool are on the trail of Lille's Carlos Baleba. Uh, Brighton are also tracking him to replace Moises Caicedo. Never heard of him. I haven't either. West Ham apparently want to sign Nottingham Forest forward Brennan Johnson, says the Daily Telegraph. Have heard of him. Yes. A great signing for West Ham. That would be a great pickup for West Ham. But at the same time, if I'm Brendan Johnson, I'm saying, well, it's two teams that are similar level right now. Do I want to go to the same level or wait for someone bigger? One's in Europe. Yeah. But where are they going to finish in the league? That's That's a pull. But Liverpool finally did sign a midfielder after trying for Two other players and Chelsea signing both of them. They have almost officially Who? signed Who are, 30-year-old Stuttgart. Who are West Ham going after that Chelsea signed? Huh? Oh, Liverpool signed Liverpool. someone. Okay, sorry. I thought you said West Ham. No. Liverpool. Uh, 30-year-old Stuttgart midfielder Wataru Endo. His medical is to take place uh, the day of this episode posting or Friday according to David Ornstein. So, I don't think anyone's going to challenge them for a 30-year-old midfielder, but... <laughs> From Stuttgart, yeah. Who's I, did see a couple of funny, I did see a couple of funny jokes saying Liverpool was interested in Harry Maguire, and then Chelsea said, uh-uh, we're not falling for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Harry Maguire. Right. Uh, according to Football Insider, Tottenham want to sign... Gent star gift or band to replace Harry Kane. Now I looked up some of his stats and uh, he's 21. He scored 20 goals and 22 appearances in the second half of 22, 23 season, uh, having just been signed by Gent in January. I'd say it's pretty good. Good stats. I mean, I've yeah. never seen him play, but we'll, we'll get to strikers and Tottenham here in a little bit. Okay. PSG are interested in signing Juventus winger Federico Kessia, according to Gazeta dello Sport. How would you pronounce that? <laughs> Anyways. Federico what? <laughs> Chiesa. Anyways. There you go. Uh, How did you say it before? I've had a couple beers, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> English is and hard. one more on the way. Uh, but Juventus will only allow the 25-year-old to leave if they get a suitable proposal, which would be 50 million euros or more. He's only 25. Wow. I don't know. Seems like he's been around forever. He's really Speaking good. Speaking of mishearing about Harry Maguire and West Ham, uh, apparently he has rejected West Ham. It's the first time Fabrizio Romano has ever been wrong. Nah, he's been uh, wrong before. Or preemptive. Eh, okay. But he was wrong in this one. Apparently, Harry Maguire doesn't want to leave United and he wants, he wants to, to fight, fight for his, for his place. spot. <laughs> so. Good luck with that, Harry Maguire. Yeah. Lionel Messi scored again. He's got nine in six games. 
This one was from 30 yards out. Some would say it was from Argentina. Uh, and Jordi Alba got his first for Inter-Miami. They're in the League's Cup Finals. First time in club history the team's won six games in a row. The Messi effect, man. Yeah. Messi scoring goals. I'm so surprised. Oh, man. I don't have any Ronaldo news, but I do have Saudi Arabian rumors. Uh, this one involves Arsenal's defender, Gabriel. Uh, he's a target for numerous Saudi Arabian clubs, according to the Daily Mirror. I mean, it's going to take a big bid for He's Arsenal not going anywhere. That's go. Yeah. 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 Worthless news. However, Al Nasir has had a bid for Manchester City defender, Americ Laporte, accepted. Yes. And I know yeah. Arsenal are now looking at Laporte. Yes. With the injury right. to Jurian Timba. Yeah. So, Arsenal also again, looking... like you said, Man City don't want to sell any more players to Arsenal. Nope. So I'm they guessing he goes to let Saudi Arabia. go to Al Nasir, and Al Nasir will pay out the ass for it. So, uh, and then Sevilla have accepted a bid from Al Halal for Bonu. He wanted to wait till after the Super Cup was over before making any decisions, but which that was today like, as of this recording. Yeah, which um, might mean that was his last game for Sevilla. They've also sent over an improved offer for Alexander Mitrovic of forty-six million pounds. I would have to say I think ta- uh, Fulham should probably accept that. Maybe. I think they I'll say should. maybe. I think another team could come in for him that he would be uh, all right at. Okay. Which one is that? It is also in London. Tottenham Hotspur. All right, Targo. I know you got a hot take about a player who recently signed for Al-Halal. Yeah. In the name of Neymar Jr. So that's a little bit of a disappointment i gotta say 100%. that he's going to saudi 100 yeah i mean he's 31 so i mean he's not he's not old no he's got three three years i, I would say he could play in europe still at the high level yeah I mean, if if you, think, you think of how much he's been injured in the last five years he's probably got more than that <laughs> he hasn't played much you're not yeah. wrong but i mean i would say you know it's, that's a pretty mediocre career he started out fantastic in Brazil, got the big move to Barcelona, were part of the infamous MSN, went to PSG to be the main man, and it's just never worked out. I would argue that Olivier Giroud has had a better career than Neymar. Did you and just I'll even say go a step Giroud? further. What? Did you say Giroud? Giroud. Olivier Giroud. Giroud. French There's don't d- pronounce the last letter. Whatever. <laughs> we do in America. Giroud. <laughs> I would argue that he's a better player than Neymar. Okay. I wouldn't argue that Tell one is hard, but I would argue he's had a better career. Tell me more. I'm I will tell you more. So I will say as far as goal scoring, I, I can't argue Neymar's fantastic for that. He's got more goals than Giroud. Giroud. Is that better? Yeah, much. <laughs> Thank you. So Neymar's got 436 goals, 77 of them for Brazil. While Giroud has 321 goals, 54 for France. Both, respectively, top scorers for their country. Neymar for Brazil, Giroud for France. You know, Neymar's got titles in 
and Brazil and Spain and France. Giroud also has titles in France, but he's also got some in Italy and some cups in England. Both of them got Champions Leagues. Giroud even's got a Europa League in there. They yeah. both got a Ligue 1. Giroud got it for Montpellier, which was very impressive, beating out PSG. Uh, Neymar's got the La Liga, you know, Supercopa, Copa del Rey, Club World Cup, things like that for when he played for Barcelona. Giroud picked up FA Cups, Community Shields. Again, I mentioned the Europa League, another FA Cup with Chelsea, Serie A titles. Uh, For Brazil, Neymar's got an Olympic gold medal, Federations Cup, and Copa America. But Giroud's got the big one, man. He's got a World Cup. Yeah. And he was a pivotal part of that World Cup team. Didn't score any goals, I will say. But, man, he allowed Griezmann and Mbappe to score some goals. That's for sure. Yeah. Not only that is he's been to two World Cup finals as where Neymar has been to zero. They actually both have a Puskas award. I found that yeah. out. I, I know Neymar. I mean, you think about it. Neymar, back, what was it, the 2018 World Cup that was in Brazil? He was, that was his kind of World Cup. It was in Brazil. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was the man. Unfortunately, he went out injured. I think maybe that Germany game could have been different. Maybe not, since they got walloped. A little bit, but that'd be it. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Like, seven to three, maybe. <laughs> and even right now, like, you think of the teams that would want Neymar? Nobody. I can't think of one. Yeah. Who would want Neymar, man? I mean, Barcelona wanted him, but Xavi did not want him, and that was his own teammate. Yeah. It's his style of play. You know, his defensive work isn't there. The wages are going to be astronomical. Yeah. I bet Giroud could get on other teams right now. He could play for any team in Europe. I don't know about any team in Europe. He wouldn't be a starter on any team. Could play for. I didn't say he would. He could, yeah. Could. He could play for a few. I wouldn't say every team. No. But he could definitely would be a lot more of a desirable player than I think Neymar. I agree. I agree. And that's my hot take. Okay. Well, I mean, I did some research of my own because I saw you had this hot take. And I'm not saying I disagree with it. But let's just put the stats out there, right? You did the goals. Neymar's got 25 major trophies. Drew has 16. Neymar, though, 10 of those came for PSG. So I would almost say those don't count. <laughs> so Neymar has 15, Drew has 16, and Drew's league on title with Montpellier 2011-2012 is much more impressive than all 10 of Neymar's titles for PSG. Just saying. Drew started in League 2, worked his way up, and hasn't been on any dominating team in the world. None. Hmm. Chelsea, Arsenal, yeah, they're I not say really dominating. dominating. Chelsea. But Neymar has been a part of a dominating PSG team that just ran over the rest of the league. A dominating Barcelona team that had two of the, like, arguably one of the best strikers of all time. The best player of all time. The best midfield of all time. And one of the best defenses of all time. Olivier Giroud has not had any of that. Just for France, I would say. Okay, sure. I I, I could argue that. But then at the okay. same time, it's still Brazil, man. Does Brazil yeah. ever not have a good squad? I mean, no, they're always France and Brazil are always favorites to be around the World Cup final. 
maybe not favorites to win it all the time, but they're always favorites to be in and around the World Cup final. Olivier Giroud has had to work hard and has been pretty much said that he's a not a quality player for most of his career. I mean, I scored some fantastic goals. I remember him at Arsenal, and Arsenal fans hated him for the longest time. They thought he was garbage. I thought he was amazing. I love the way Olivier Giroud plays. I hate the way Neymar plays. So I liked Neymar at Barcelona. I did too. Prime Neymar at Barca was fun to watch, exciting. Now it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Not necessarily exciting. It's not like he gets the ball and everyone holds their breath. Like maybe a Vinny Jr. does. And I posted a question on our Facebook and did a poll on our Instagram. It was, who would you take, Prime Ronaldinho or Prime Neymar? And almost every single person. Overwhelmingly Ronaldinho. I mean, that's a dumb question. (laughs) Thanks. Not, Not in the sense of it's dumb that you asked it, but it's obvious what the answer is. It's not a dumb question to ask. If you think of similar playing styles, similar amount of goals scored, similar effects for their teams. But Prime Ronaldinho was something else. That's all. Agreed. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? Would you take Olivier Giroud or Neymar on your team based on the rest of your squad and how they cohesively fit with them, not individual players? Because that's just everybody knows who you're going to pick. Okay. Okay. Tyler, that's a very interesting (laughs) take. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. And I'm almost agreeing with you, but I'm not quite. Okay. Not quite. Well, I, I, like I said, I'd argue Giroud's had a better career. If you want to talk about better players, that one I'd be willing to. More impressive trophies, and yeah, I would say so. Especially a lot of his FA Cup wins with Arsenal. They were not favorites to win. He's won four. so And got one with Chelsea, too. Oh. And a Europa League with Chelsea. A Champions League with Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, he's the ultimate underdog story, in my opinion. So. Anyways, off to the UEFA Super Cup. This was Manchester City and Sevilla. This was in Athens or Piraeus, Greece, wherever one you want to call it. Winner of the Champions League, winner of the Europa Europa League. League. Yep. Battle each year, but for some odd reason, and I've never understood this, is the winner of this isn't the team that plays in the Club World Championships. I feel like it should be the winner of this game. Yeah. Right? So, City fielded a very strong lineup ahead of their game uh, against Newcastle on the weekend. Josko Vardial getting his full debut. Uh, And I'll be honest, after the weekend's results, I thought City would run away with this game. Fielding such a strong You would think it, yeah. They spanked Burnley or Sevilla. uh, Sevilla. They lost to Valencia. Valencia. Yeah, exactly. Uh, City dominated the opening 20 minutes. Uh, and then I guess the run of play, Sevilla took the lead through a towering El Nasiri header over both Nathan Ake and Gvardiol, which was very impressive. Pretty much slam dunk them. <laughs> uh, you could tell that Manchester City were missing. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is missing like, his clinical final ball. I mean, yeah, Phil creativity. Foden, he started in that role. But he didn't look like he wanted to play any sort of like 20 or 30 yard balls to Erling Holland, who just looked frustrated the whole game. 
I think that could be the story for Holland without Kevin De Bruyne. I think so too. Um, however, Cole Palmer came on as a sub, scored his Honestly, second in three games. He looked almost like a little bit Riyad Mahrez esque. Some yes. of those cuts he was coming back oh, in man. on his he left foot. So good. He looks so good. Uh, wonderful ball by Rodri, capped off by an excellent redirected header by Palmer in the 63rd minute. City piled on the pressure after the goal, and honestly, I'm surprised Sevilla even stood a chance and didn't let a goal in, but they did. I will say Sevilla had one golden opportunity when they were 1-0 up in the second half to go 2-0 up that Inesiri missed. I think that could have killed the game off if he scores that. I think so, too. Um, I just want to note that Jesus Navas came off due to injury in the 83rd to be replaced by your favorite player, Gonzalo Montiel. Oh, man, that Argentinian. (laughs) (laughs) But the game went to PKs, uh, probably not what Pep wanted. Montiel scores the winner. (laughs) Yeah, I wish. He didn't take a single penalty kick, which surprised me. I'll be honest with you. A guy who... Won the Europa League for them and the World Cup for Argentina on penalty kicks. The same. Montiel. Yeah. Uh, excellent. C- compared to the uh, FA or the Community Shield, this was fantastic penalties all around until the last one. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this name, but I'm probably going to butcher it. It's Nemanja Gudelich. Or... Yeah. Anyways. Uh, his shot looked like it was going to go into the top corner, hit the crossbar, came out. City won the Super Cup. First silverware uh, of the season and their first ever Super Cup. But I just want to ask you, what impressed you or stood out for you in this match? Cole Palmer. Yeah, yet again. He looks good, man. I think they don't need a Riyad Mahrez replacement. They got a little one right there. Yeah, I think so too. And it's a scary thought. If he can get his legs underneath him and get that sort of confidence that Riyad Mahrez had. Woo. Sky's the limit for Mr. Cole Palmer. I'm going to go the other direction. It was Luis Ocampos who impressed me in this one. It's mostly his movement off the ball defensively. He was always in the right spot at the right time. And then his tackling in this game was superb. It's always thwarting the city attack. And, and then there was Bonu who in probably his last game for Sevilla made some very important saves in this one to keep them even in the match. So those are my two that it were very impressive. I did see a, I don't know if it's a fun fact if you're a Sevilla fan, but that's their sixth Super Cup and they have yet to win it. <laughs> it's like City and the Community Shield. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It is, but yeah. I mean, it was an okay game. I'm not going to say it was a great game. Very city dominated. I think City had seventy two percent possession, and Sevilla had twenty eight for both halves. So sounds about right. So with one week left in the transfer window, Targo, I wanted to ask you who has had the best summer so far. Now I did a lot of research in this one, and all these figures are in euros. Okay, I appreciate you doing this research too. Yes. So we got one, two, three, four. We got six teams that I thought should be potentials for this one. If you have anybody else, let me know. Okay. Okay. So we got Arsenal, which a lot of people have said have had the best transfer window. 
Declan Rice, 116 million euros. Kai Havertz, 75. Urian Timber, 40. David Raya, 3, potentially 27. Net spend of negative 200 million euros. Pretty good. You got Chelsea. Now, this one's going to take me a minute, so enjoy your beer. <laughs> okay, let me let me get yeah. a drink real quick. <laughs> Moises Caicedo, 120 million. Christopher Nkuku, 60 million. Romeo Lavia, 60 million. <laughs> Axel DeSassi, 45 million. Michael Elise, 40 million. Nico Jackson, 37 million. Leslie Ugachukwu, 37 million. Robert Sanchez, 30, 23 million. Angelo, 15 million. Net spend of only 168 million after all that. Wow. Pretty much great business for them to sign a new squad. <laughs> Nine players. I'm pretty sure I'm missing one, but he's not joining. I think it's Denzel Washington, something like that. Denzel David, Washington, the actor? David Washington. <laughs> Sorry. David Washington. It's okay. spelled weird. Anyways, yeah. Whole, like a whole squad. Then we go to the other side of North London. We got Tottenham. James Madison, 46 million. Pedro Poro, 40. Mickey Vanderven, 40. Dejan Kulusevsky, 30. Giglielmo Vicario, 20 million. Alejo Valiz, 15. Ashley Phillips, 2. Manor Solomon for free. Net spend of 82 million. Pretty good. They did sell Harry Kane for over 100. So. Yeah, that helps. And we got Newcastle United, who are probably the most impressive team at opening week of the season. Sandro Tonali, 64 million. Harvey Barnes, 44 million. Tino Livermento, 37 million. Yankuva Minte, 8 million. Net spend, negative 108.6 million. Was that figure for Sandro Tonali, that 80 million in pounds? It, it is, but up okay. front, it was 64. So, euros. These are not my figures. These are. Yeah, anyways. And then. Um, we're going to go outside. Well, I have one more team in England, but they're not done yet. Uh, it's Manchester City. Gvardiol, 90 million. Kovacic, 40 million. Potentially Lucas Paqueta for 95. And Jeremy Doku for 30 million. Yeah, we'll see what they do. They're not done yet. I don't think they are. So let's go outside of England. Probably the two best transfer windows outside of England. Yeah, AC Milan, who, in my opinion, are very close to the top. Samuel Chukweze, 20 million. Christian Pulisic, 20 million. Yunus Musa, 20 million. Tiani Rendiers, 19 million. Ruben Loftus Cheek, 16. No Oak for 14. Luca Romero, free. Marco Sportiello, free. Net spend of 46.5 million. Not bad. Yeah. Some business Bayern there. Munich. Yeah, Bayern Munich. Signed Harry Kane, 100 million euros. Kim and Jay, 50 million. Conrad Limer, free. Rafael Guerrero, free. Net spend of $47 million. Pretty good. So, Targo, after my giant rant of the list of players, who has had the best transfer window so far? Chelsea. Why? Not only because of the players. Honestly, the players they bought are fantastic, and that's good and all. But it's got to be the... Mauricio Pochettino in there? It's honestly, it's got to be the players they sold. <laughs> yeah, that's what's got to be impressive. 
That's yeah. what's impressive. I think that's what gets them that number one spot for me is the players they've sold. You know, Edward Mendy, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, the other million I'm forgetting. N'Golo Kante left. I think he was for free, though. I no. got Keppa. Got oh, rid yeah. of Keppa. Keppa on loan. Let's see. I got it right sold. here. Sold. Yeah, Kai Havertz. Aspilicueta. Kevin, 75 million euros. Mason Mount. Go for your hand. Yep. 64 million. Mateo Kovacic, 29. Uh, Kui Bali, 23. Pulisic, 20. Edward Mendy, 18. Loftus Cheek, 16. Ethan Apadu, 8. Kepa, loan fee of 1 million. Yeah. Golo Conte, Cesar Espeluqueta, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. All for free. They got them all. They got rid of all those players, man. That's what's impressive. Uh, and I, well, I know the Bakayaku fees... too left on a yeah. free. I don't. Oh. You know the free doesn't bother me because those players were making some wages. wages. Yeah, that Especially that helps them out tremendously with their financials. And so it's got to be Chelsea for me, man. Okay. Of those players they've signed, which is the most impressive Nkunku. to you? Nkunku. Once he is able to freaking play, a guy. Yeah, but other than him, I obviously Moises Caicedo, man. Even with the transfer fee, oh, the transfer fee is outrageous, and they overpaid. But as far as the best player, how about most impressive transfer business that they did? And it's got to be the m- amount they sold those players for. Okay, Kulabali um, and Mendy, and this is really tough for me. I'll give an honorable mention to AC Milan. That yeah. Semel Chukwesi fee, I think, is a freaking bargain at twenty yeah, million. Same with Eunice Musa and Christian Pulisic. Yeah, their whole transfer window has been amazing. I'm honestly, I have to pick Chelsea too, but I'm going to go close second in Tottenham Hotspur. They got what they wanted for Harry Kane, even though they had to hold out for it. James Madison looks like a fantastic pickup. Pedro Poro was good last season. Mickey Vanderven, we'll see. Kulisevsky, if he stays healthy, was a good signing for them. Vicario looks like a solid goalkeeper. And our Solomon was a great pickup. For me, it depends on who they buy to replace Harry Kane. I agree. If and they I, do I at all. I definitely don't think they're done yet. I, we all know Richarlison's not the answer for that. But yeah, it's Chelsea. 100%. They've spent over a billion pounds since Todd Bowley took over, which is more than the entirety of La Liga since then. By like 200 million. <laughs> but for me, I think there's two players that for me, it's their transfer business as far as transfer fee plus the player impressed mm-hmm. me the most. And it's Nico Jackson won 37 million. It's not yeah, he looks like a player, doesn't he? But it's Michael Lise, man. They haven't got him yet, so that one's not official. Uh, pretty much. His medical is scheduled. So if he doesn't pass his medical, then sure, it's not. But a guy I would argue Rafael Guerrero and Conrad Limer on freeze. Yes. <laughs> yes, but they also spent $100 million on Harry Kane. They got rid of, what's his name, Lucas Hernandez? Yeah. PSG. PSG. I could have put them on here, but. I probably should have, I guess. From Carlo Ramos, Asensio, Dembele. I think they got screen yard. Mbappe to stay. That's, yeah. yeah. That's huge. That's the big one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, again, 
it's got to be Chelsea. Like, come on. <laughs> they signed a whole new squad and got Pochettino, and they already look good, and they're only going to get better. I mean, the midfield of Enzo Fernandez, Moises Caicedo, and Romeo Lavia, it's got to be one or two in the best midfields in the Premier League. I told Got you, man. Caicedo brings a midfield up a level. Yeah, I told you that for Arsenal when he, you know, he was linked with Arsenal. If he gets, if they were to get him, man, that he would have brought them up a level. That's for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I think Chelsea, like I said in a previous episode, in two to three years, they are going to be very scary, very scary, because they also keep signing great young talents as well. Let's not forget that. Okay. What do you guys think? Who's had the best transfer window so far? Let us know down Let us know in the comments. comments. Yep. Okay, match day two, Targo. Can't believe, it's, it feels so good to have the Premier League back. And not only Premier League, got the first weekend of Serie A. Well, first full weekend of Serie A. First full weekend of Bundesliga. Second weekend of La Liga. And the EPL. It feels so good to be back. It does. So... We're going to go through the games that we don't think are the best of the bunch, per se, and go with our predictions real fast. Targo, Liverpool against Bournemouth. Got to go for Liverpool at Anfield, man. Yeah. I'm going Liverpool. I'm going 3-0. Wolves against Brighton. Now, after seeing Wolves play Manchester United, Wolves at home, could be interesting. Could be, but I'm still going Brighton. Same here, but I'm going closer <laughs> than probably most people think. I'm going 2-1. to one. I feel like Wolves are going to struggle to score this season. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, they look great going, I wouldn't say going forward, but they just look great with their work on and off the ball. They so, look better than we expect. Let's put it that much. way. And Man United probably didn't do them any favors by looking worse than we expected. So. Yeah. Okay. Fulham and Brentford. Going Brentford. Okay. I'm going to go draw 1 1. I think this might be Mitrovic's last game for Fulham. And Raul Jimenez is good. Aston Villa, Everton at Villa Park. Villa. Villa. 2 0. West London Derby. West Ham against Chelsea at the London Stadium. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. I'm going Chelsea, 3-0. Chelsea. (laughs) All right, and then on Monday, we got the Ian Wright derby. Crystal Palace against Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Yeah, I'm Uh, going Arsenal Arsenal 4-1 in this one. Who a thumper. It's not because I don't think Crystal Palace is good. I think their defense is not very good. So, I think they struggle to get the ball forward. Okay, well, those are fun. Let's get into Bruise and Banter Fab 5. Matches to watch this weekend, matchups to watch, storylines to watch for. First up, probably, in my opinion, biggest match of the weekend, Manchester City against Newcastle. Ooh, that's a good one. At the Etihad. That is a good one. This was so on Saturday. With, let's start with our storylines. So Holland without De Bruyne against this Newcastle defense. Can the Magpies get another result against City like they did at the beginning of last season? It's 3-3. Potentially. So 
I'd, I'd argue that City going forward probably not as good without Kevin De Bruyne. But they're still good defensively, man. Yeah. And they just strengthen that defense with Gavardial. You think a Newcastle team that's had a week off against a Manchester City team who fielded a strong lineup midweek that traveled to Athens and back? Think that Newcastle team's gonna get a little bit have that extra edge against Manchester City? I would say yes if it was at St. James's Park. At the edge he had where the fans don't really cheer very loud. Okay, they Newcastle cheer loud enough. Probably they cheered pretty loud when they were playing there against Real Madrid in the Champions League. It's Real Madrid. Yeah, of course fans are going to show up. It's it's going to be a good game. Plastic. I'm It's going to be a good game, man. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um can Newcastle perform like they did against Villa against City? They'll try to. Yeah. Do you think it'll work? No. <laughs> All right, Targo, let's go with matchups to watch. You go first. Like I said, man, that defense for Man City, they're tough. We'll see how they do against that front line of Newcastle. Alexander Isak, Almiron, and will we see another Anthony Gordon display? We'll see. But those three, against, we'll see if Ruben Diaz is back. I know he was out injured, but Gavardiel, Akanji, Ake, Kyle Walker, you could see. John, John Stones. Stones. Yeah. I think those defenders are better than those attackers, personally. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the other end of the field. I'm probably stealing one of yours, to be honest with you. <laughs> Whoever's playing on the left, so either Phil Foden or Jack Grealish, uh, against Kieran Trippier. And then early Holland against Finn Botman. I mean, that's the one. Holland, uh, yeah, he scored two goals against Burnley, but against Arsenal and Sevilla, he's looked a shadow of himself. Yeah, he did not not, not shine in that Community Shield and uh, in that Super Cup. He has yet to score in a one of the six finals that City has been in since they signed. So yeah, you know that's it's a it's a criticism, but when you're breaking I'm, records, I'm man, not, who I'm just. I'm staying stats. I'm not. It's, no, it's it's definitely a criticism. But. If you played in six finals and you haven't scored, yeah, but you don't you have got 36 to score. goals and not one of them was in a final. Yeah, but you don't have to score. It's how you play amongst your teammates. If, yeah, if you're I understand what you're saying. Being the connecting play and having assists, being that final ball, then that's fine. If you're not doing any of that, not even creating open spaces for your teammates, then that's a whole nother criticism. That's Hardly touching the ball. That's kind of what he did in those games he disappeared in. Yeah. Well, at least the last two. He barely touched the ball. So, But against Sven Botman, one of the best defenders in all of England. We'll see. How about, you got another one? I mean, let's just look at their midfields, man. We'll just go through this whole team, pretty much. Both of them. <laughs> Fair. We've done front and back. Let's do the middle. So, I mean, in the midfield, if we're going to go off what we saw in the first game, you got Tonali, Gimaresh, and Jolinton for Newcastle against Rodri, Kovacic, and will we see David Silva or Phil Foden in there? I would suspect we would see Phil Foden and David Silva would probably start on the right side. That would be my guess. I could be wrong. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong there on the right, that attacking line with Holland and Mm -hmm. maybe Grealish or... 
Yeah, I, I would. In the first game, Grealish. though, Foden started on the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grealish in the Super Cup looked like he's not quite at full fitness yet. So we'll see. You could be right. You know, we could see a Julian Alvarez also. Mm-hmm. Wherever he plays on that wing, you play anywhere. He's almost who do you too think gets the start? To have on the field. Who do you think gets the start? Phil Foden or Jack Grealish, or both? I'm I'm gonna go with Foden just because of what I saw with Grealish. I don't think he's at full fitness and playing. I think it was a full game, if I'm not mistaken. And then having to travel and play on a short turnaround, I think he'd probably come off the bench. Okay. I mean, did you see how much he partied this summer? I wouldn't be in shape either. <laughs> Still hungover, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right, Targo. Predictions for this one. I want to say a draw, but I'm going to give it to City. I'm going to give it to City. It's going to be close, <laughs> though, man. It's going to be close. I I'm going to go with Newcastle. Short turnaround, long travel time, building a strong squad against Sevilla. And this Newcastle team is multiple steps above Sevilla, in my opinion. I just. I got, after seeing Newcastle last weekend against Aston Villa, who I was high on, and they stomped them into the ground, I'm going to go with Newcastle. It was close for a majority of the game, I will say that. I'm going to go 3-2, to two, one goal less than their opening game last season. Oh, big! it should be a fun game to watch then. Yes, it's going to be my game to watch of the weekend. Next up, Manchester United against Spurs. This one's usually pretty fun. It is, but will both teams repeat their performances they had in week one, which were not impressive? So I will say for Spurs, I think that's going to be Postacoglu's pretty much his deal. This is what he wants, man. He wants some attacking football. He wants them to score goals, which when you're playing attacking football can leave you a little exposed. And what the defenders Spurs have, they're going to concede goals. Manchester United on the other end. I mean, they just looked lackluster on Monday. Like they, I think they were lucky to get the win. Both ends, yeah. I, I think agree. they probably should have lost that game. Honestly, Wolves should have had a PK at the end, at least tie things up. They deserved one, one hundred percent, according so to I the think, FA, not me. I think this could be an open game. We'll see who gets the start up top. If it's Rashford, or if he gets moved to the left and Martial comes in, or what happens there. Yeah. I'm interested to see, yeah, like you said, I'm interested to see how both teams fare without a proper striker. Neither one does. Richarlison's underwhelming. Rashford's underwhelming up front. So who should Tottenham go for us? Because obviously they need a striker. I kind of wrote down a list of a bunch of players there. You you have a lot on here, yes. (laughs) I I, I wrote down some some names, and so I'll just go through them. You know, there's Lynx, Romelu Lukaku, Mm -hmm. which I know you called this one a while ago. That you thought it made sense. You got Dusan Vlahovic. I know they're even linked with maybe a Florian Balogun. It wouldn't be a terrible signing. Especially if they're willing to maybe overpay a little. Arsenal might be willing to accept it. I think $35 million for him going with the market standards is probably more of a steal. Yeah. And then, you know, I had mentioned Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah. Would be a I great think would signing. be. 
Um, Jonathan David from Lil, yeah. the Canadian. They got 100 mil to spend. Why not splash 80 of it on Randall Kolomoani? They said it in the last one. Like for like for Harry Kane. Maybe not as good, but does the same thing on the field. I do think this next one would be a little premature, but the guy looks fantastic. Evan Ferguson from Brighton. Yeah. yeah. The Irish international. Mm-hmm. Lautaro Martinez, the Argentinian at Inter Milan. Uh, Eli Wahi. I believe he's... I know he's in France. Don't can't quote, remember what team. The only reason I really know him, honestly, is I bought him on FIFA. <laughs> at high potential. So it's like, I'll give this guy a try. Stellar um, FIFA. Not sure here. I think he, right now, is in negotiations to go to West Ham. Well, there you go. They could hijack that. He's wanting they to come could. to London. They could. Um, or, you know, stick with Richarlison, which I know you don't want to do. He does play for Montpellier. So. Montpellier. So out of those strikers, or can, if you can think of any more, I mean, who would be a good fit for that striker position at Tottenham? I mean, obviously, if you can get Lukaku fit, Pochettino's worked with him before. I think that might be a good fit if you can get him fit. A good fit if you can get him fit. fit. If I fit. can say fit more times in one sense. And, more, well, it's more of bang for your buck, right? I mean, you don't have to pay that much for Lukaku. Chelsea just want him gone. No one's really put in bids for him. Except for Inter, and then they took it back. Because he was talking to Juve. Yeah. I don't think at this point they're going to be able to sign Dusan Vlaovic. Especially without European football. Mitrovic would be a great signing. Florian Balogun is an interesting one. To go from Arsenal to Tottenham. Not many players have done it. It would be his chance to shine, but can he outshine Richarlison? It'd be a fight, I think, for that it striker position. It would be. Honestly, I mean, Kolomowani is would be my number one choice if I'm Tottenham, but you knowing David Levy, I don't think he's going to pay that much for him. So David, honestly, not I David. Think I think you'll probably see him go more for a Brennan Johnson, a Lukaku, or probably a Jonathan David. So uh, best who, fit, best fit is Kolomwani. Who would be your number one? It'd be Kolomwani. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Because he does the same things Harry Kane does. He's just not as good of a finisher. But I think he has I would potential go, to be there. I would go Mitrovic. Yeah, I mean, if you want a proven striker right now. Not to quite build for the future because he's, you know, what, 30, 31? Had, I feel like we've looked this up before. Probably. I don't think he's that old, but I could be wrong. 28. Let's see. 28. So there you go. Yeah. So you get him for a couple of years. I just think with the team that Tottenham is building, you would want someone that's a little younger. That's all. Hey, Lukaku doesn't fit that build either. So now he's older. <laughs> yeah, I think he's actually third. But yeah, I mean, if if it was a dream world, Vlaovic, Kolomuani would be my or Lautaro Martinez would be a top three. Yeah, interesting situation over there at Spurs. We'll see what they do with their striker position. Yeah, I agree. 
So, do you think United will play Rashford up front again? I hope not. I'd rather throw Martial up there and have him off the left because he's just he's so much more dangerous, man. Yeah, but he's poor finishing. And you get Rashford on the ball, he's more likely to score. But he's got to get in those positions first. And as a striker, that's not him. No, and that's why I think they should push him out to the left. Honestly, I would put, I would almost put a Garnacho or an Anthony or even Jaden Sancho up front. Any one of those three and just have the striker and the right winger alternate and just be a pivot. If I'm Man United, I I know you didn't put Man United in their top transfers with Onana, Mount, and Hoyland. No, because they need another striker. <laughs> also, Mason Mount, disappointing. And Onana was disappointing in the first game. So they're just filling holes that needed to be filled. I wouldn't necessarily say with the value for money, they got a good transfer window going. I could be wrong. If Rasmus Hoyland becomes a star for them, then I'm wrong. Big if. Big if. Um, yeah, and then my, my last one for you, man, I want to hear your thoughts because you're high on this guy, is Spurs' new left back, Destiny Udogi, versus either Anthony or, or Jaden Sancho. So I really need to talk about that? I mean, you know, I know how you feel about Anthony. <laughs> and Jaden Sancho, the way they've and been playing. And Jaden Sancho, yeah. so I mean. But this is a young kid. Who has a chance to prove himself? I'm, th- I'm more talking about Nogi than I am Anthony. Oh, I, I know that. I know you're talking about that matchup and who might you have said the edge. It could be a breakout season for him. Is this it his could. breakout game against big name stars? And he could shut him down, and everything could have to go through the left through Marcus Rashford or Garnacho, whoever's over there. Mm-hmm. They could have to face off. Uh, Emerson played it right back on the weekend for Tottenham, so they'd be facing up against him. Interesting matchup to watch, that's for sure. All right. Predictions, Targo. I'm going to go United. Okay. Why? I don't know why, man. It's the gut. <laughs> it's against Tottenham. Is that why? Yeah, it's against Tottenham. <laughs> I know I know they're away from home. So I have a feeling this is more likely to be, you know, maybe a draw. Probably a high-scoring draw like you got got there. Don't spoil my picks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna go United just again. I think United are a little bit more solid defensively yeah, than I Tottenham. Would agree with that 100. Yeah, I'm gonna go draw two two. I think this this new Tottenham team is they're much better going forward. I will I will admit that, but they're much worse defensively, and I didn't think they could get any worse defensively. So they're gonna let in a lot of goals, but they're gonna score more. Even without Harry Kane, I think they might score the same amount. Um, which, I mean, Harry Kane scored 43% or was contributing in 43%. I saw that, yeah. Goals, so it's a lot. They're going to miss his 30 goals a season. Yes. But I, I, do think, I do think that they'll be more fluid going forward. Man United's defense is not convincing whatsoever. I might even go for with Charleston goal in this one. Oh. But 2-2 draw for me. All right. We're going to go to the other end. The bottom of the table. Friday's matchup. 
Nottingham Forest against Sheffield United. This is an early season six-pointer in the relegation spots. Can Sheffield United find their goals from anywhere? That's going to be tough. <laughs> you know, watching them, I didn't watch their game, but I did watch the highlights of their game. It looks like their their main striker there up top, um, Osula, had a couple chances in that game against Crystal Palace. So we'll see. I will say their goalkeeper looked impressive. Fodering them, yeah. or I think that's yeah. what it is. And then you got Forrest, man. They impressed Awani. me against Arsenal. Brennan Johnson. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. how they stack Morgan up. Morgan Gibbs White, too. He looked good. Brennan Johnson came off the bench. What? Against Arsenal? So I, I expect them to improve on their performance against Arsenal. Um, I just, Sheffield United, they look so poor going forward. I don't know, for the long haul, if they if they don't sign a striker, they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, they could be. And then my last question, will this game ultimately matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. Yeah. Three points could be what decides of I feel like- being promo- staying in the Premier League or being relegated. Yeah, especially as we saw last year, how things were always yeah. were close there for quite a while. I think it'll be a more important three points for Forrest because I think they have the better chance of staying up, for one. Versus Sheffield, I feel like could be down at the bottom. No no help in sight come March or <laughs> February. Yeah. or You, yeah. you just kind of know. I I think it's the other way around, man. I think Forrest, they've got a good squad. So they'll be well, that's okay what I said. Forrest will it, be... won't, it won't matter for them that much. Oh, you think, think they'll be that safe, huh? Yeah, compared to Sheffield United, yeah, I think three points for Sheffield United would do them a huge world of confidence, especially because they're newly promoted. They didn't play very well against Crystal Palace, and they have a tough run of games coming. Up. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying these three points for Forest, who I think will be comfortably safe, won't be as important as okay. Sheffield, okay. Yeah. who are going to well, be. Then yes, I I do agree. With I you. think soundly relegated. Yeah. <laughs> So then predictions, Targo. Going for it. Or actually I'm gonna go for a draw. Okay. I didn't pick any draws yet, so I gotta go for one. I'm gonna go Nottingham Forest 2 0. I want ye with two. I want ye. I want ye. Alright. And then we're gonna go outside of England for the last two. Big one first week in the Bundesliga. Bayer Leverkusen against RB Leipzig, who just thrashed Bayern Munich. Yeah, Bayern man. Leverkusen, I mean, they lost Moussa Diaby, Kareem Demerby. They bought Victor Boniface, Granit Xhaka, Jonas Hoffman, and Alejandro Grimaldo. But Leipzig are coming off a huge win against Bayern Munich. They are, and they, it's not like they haven't lost players either. You know, Dominic Sapotzalai, yeah. Conrad Leimer, Josko Gavardio, Christopher Nkunku. They also loaned out Andre Silva to Sociedad, and they sold Alexander Sorlov to Villarreal. And loaned out left back Angelino to Galatasaray. Yeah. You know, they brought in a couple of players. Javi Simmons, Fabio Carvalho are there on loan from Liverpool and PSG. So he got, man. Well, after seeing Bayer Leverkusen in preseason, I think they got a steal with Granit Xhaka, I'll be honest with you, in that midfield. Victor Bonifacio is going to be a fantastic signing for them. 
I'm going to go Leverkusen 2-1. to one. You're going Leverkusen. We're I switching. I am going I am. Leipzig. <laughs> you were high on I Leipzig will, last year. I was, and I will admit, Javi Simmons was probably the most under-the-radar, like, best performer in that game against Bayern Munich. He was so good. But I just think this Leverkusen team is going to surprise some people this season, and they're not going to start the way that they did last season. I think they're a good team, but, man, that Leipzig team looks so good against Bayern Munich. Or did Bayern Munich just look bad? Just I think Leipzig looked that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. And last but not least, Real Betis against Atletico Madrid. Will Betis keep their momentum after the big win against Villarreal? Where Isco and Guido Rodriguez look sharp? Or will Atleti stomp them down like they did last season and like they did against Granada last week? Or technically Monday when they beat them 3-1? to Hoping Griezmann, man, can kind of recapture some of that form from last season because hot damn was he spectacular. Was he he good? Oh, chip on his shoulder and all. He was so good at the end of last season. Oh, fantastic. So hopefully he can get back to those ways. I'm going Atletico in this game, man. Okay. Well, I mean, the big question is which Alvaro Morata are we going to see in this game? (laughs) Honestly. Sometimes he looks like the world's best finisher, and other times he looks like me out on the training field. So, you know, I don't know which one he's going to be. Um, I know you're going Atleti. I'm going to go the same, but I'm going to go a little close. I think I'm going to go 2-1 in this one. Okay. Well, that should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. And that that's our five, man. That's our fab five, fab five. games to watch this weekend. As told by us, Bruising Banter. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode we hope you guys enjoyed it don't forget to check out the socials hop on the facebook get part of the conversation as we post some polls on there as well as on instagram and don't forget to check out our lovely faces on the youtube and tiktok all of our fun videos we do on there on that note it was good to see you man love you guys thank you so much for listening Cheers. cheers